This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Rico with you per usual. Rico, what's up? Hello. Happy Monday, man. What's up? Happy post-Super Bowl Monday. There's Why is there always like a, I don't want to say a drag, but just like this lull because after it's, the Super Bowl? Because it's a lot. It's a lot. It, whether you're sitting there not doing anything at your house or whether you go out and you were joining us at Buffalo Wings and Rings last night, it's just a lot. It's a lot of your energy going into the game, whether you're rooting for somebody or not. Uh, you're watching the halftime show, and it's a fun time. Like It's just a lot. Your body has to process it. You're eating a lot of food. You're drinking, whether you're drinking alcoholic beverages or not. It's just a lot of stuff going into your body. And then when you wake up in the morning, you're just like, I want to keep sleeping. This needs to be a national holiday already. I don't know why they're taking. We say so it long. every year. I don't know why they're we taking. We say it so every long. year. Um, okay, so we're gonna get to a little bit of breaking news here, Rico, because you and I were just talking about it during the break. Uh-oh. So the former Husker basketball target in recruiting, Parker Friedrichson, Friedrichson. who ranks 99th overall according to 24/7 Sports basketball recruiting has asked and received his release from Notre Dame. The reason this came out was because it was announced that head coach Mike Bray was retiring. Mm-hmm. So literally a minute ago, yep. Rico, you and I were saying, ah, you know, I wonder if you know Husker basketball gets back in the ranks with Parker, or he gets back into the conversation for Parker Friedrichson, because they were, kind of, they were a main player throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Jeff Goodman, who is a basketball analyst at Stadium, um, that he is one of the, I mean, national ty- type of uh, basketball guys, just tweets this out. Oh, let's see, what time? At one twelve p.m., so a minute and a half ago. Big news out of Notre Dame. Mike Bray tells me that he is not retiring. Definitely not done co- coaching, says Mike Bray. It's great to hear this from one of the best guys in the business. So this is fascinating because I actually just texted one of our one of our buddies uh Jacob Bigelow and I was like hey have you because he he's been taught he's talked to Parker Friedrichson a couple times I was like hey have you talked to talked to Friedrichson recently or anything he's like nah meaning too soon whatever so on and so forth and then now this comes out that the reason he was he requested to be released from his national letter of intent was because Mike Bray was going to retire but now Mike Bray's not retiring. So, so I'm I looked up Mike Bray retirement. January 19th, 2023, it was announced that he was going to retire. The the problem was and going through this Okay. <laughs> the university said he was retiring from coaching. Yes. The statement that he put out that time and I'm surprised nobody looked into us including ourselves. It has been a great run for me and our program over the past two decades, but it is time for a new voice to lead this group into the future. He so never said go. anything about retire. He's stepping away from retiring from Notre Dame, stepping away from the program. But in terms of coaching, he never said 
<laughs> he never so, said so that he was retiring. It's more of a push out from Notre Dame, uh, it appears. Mike and I have talked often. This comes from Notre Dame Insider. Okay. Mike and I have talked often in recent years about a future transition in the program's leadership, and during our most recent conversation, we reached the mutual conclusion that the end of this season represented the right time, said Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick. Okay. So it was more of a situation to where Mike Bray is done at Notre Dame and everybody just kind of viewed it as a retirement. Well, which, because, which is fascinating. Because Notre Dame said he was retiring. Bingo. He never said he was retiring. So once again... Why didn't we look into this? The only reason... We the, just took it for its word. The only reason, I will say, that we are even concerned about this at all in the slightest is because Parker Friedrichsen used to be a Nebraska ball target. He he was he was the number one target in the 2024 class. He was. And he's a top 100 player. 6 foot 3 from I want to say within the 500 mile radius. I believe he's in Oklahoma. He's in Oklahoma. So close enough. I would say that's about 500. Yeah, it counts. But if you don't know much about Mike Bray, so he is Let's see. He's so he's obviously at Notre Dame, right? Sixty three, sixty three years old, has From, been at Notre Dame since two thousand. All right, mm-hmm. his coaching record in those twenty three years with Notre Dame four hundred and eighty two and two hundred and seventy four, good for a sixty four percent winning percentage over twenty three years. He promised to give Notre Dame when he was hired in July of two thousand. Promised to give Notre Dame the only job he ever really chased. Ten good seasons, maybe 15. Hopefully more. And he did just that. Yeah, so you did that. Um, so fascinating stuff from, from Mike Bray, I guess. Who? <laughs> Why did nobody? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's crazy. Uh, I'm still kind of in shock. Um, I guess maybe if he decides to continue coaching, Georgetown's an op- option. Um, because Georgetown and their coach is uh, who I'm blanking on the name. Patrick he, Ewing. Patrick Ewing. Thank you. He's from Bethesda, Maryland. He is. So who who knows what's going to happen? Um, somebody, Brad from Baldwin, asked what happened to the recruitment of Omaha Baloo. He is at Ohio's or not Ohio, Iowa State. Yeah. He ended up going to Iowa State, which if you want to talk about, and I've used Iowa State as an example before. Um, T.J. Otzelberger is a guy where you look forward for Nebraska. And if things do end up going south for for the Huskers, then they are and they they can go find a guy like T.J. Altsberg or even Fred Hoiberg. Like we can use this this uh, example to for Fred Hoiberg as well. T.J. Otzelberger in his first year at Iowa State went two and twenty two. This year, Iowa State is really really good. They're they're a Big Twelve player. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see here. One second. Iowa State batch basketball coach. So, yes, TJ Otzelberger. In his second year with the the Cyclones, he is – I need to find the official record here um, because Iowa State men's basketball page is extremely hard to find. So, Iowa State basketball schedule. They are currently fourth in the Big 12 conference and 17-7 and seven overall. So when you sit here and go, what's for, what's next for Nebraska men's basketball, whether it's Fred Hoiberg or whether it's somebody else, just quick turnarounds are, are potential. There's, there's potential for turnarounds there. 
potential for turnarounds there. Um, since we dove right into some breaking news there, I uh, didn't get to didn't get to say this. 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Heyman text line, both those will be up for you guys um, the entire show today. Once again, Nick and Rico joining you per usual, so you can also join us on the Starter Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Always reach out to us on our personal Twitters, Nick underscore Sainert, and at Radio Rico AC. Since we're on a little bit of basketball discussion, Rico, let's let's go ahead and dive into it here. Nebraska men's basketball. They're sitting now 12 and 14 overall, and they are 6 and 9 in the Big Ten Conference. And it's I don't want to necessarily celebrate a 12 and 14 record, but you kind of put things into perspective, I guess. And maybe I don't know if you provide slack. Maybe I don't know. You guys let me know. 402-464-5685. I don't know if you give slack for for what this season is considered, but they're twelve and fourteen and six and nine in the conference without two of your starters. And I think that if you were to ask somebody in the beginning of the year that a starting five was going to be Sam Greasel, Jamarcus Lawrence, uh, Casey Tominaga, Wilhelm Breinenbach, and Derek Walker, how do you feel about it? You would say, well, why did we go get Emmanuel Bandamel and Juwan Gary from the transfer portal? Why are they here to come off the bench? Exactly. And not that's knowing that they got injured. Yeah, not knowing they got injured. But you're kind of concerned about where this season's at. Mm-hmm. You're concerned with the, the thought and the understanding that Ramel Lloyd Jr. is redshirting, with Coron McPherson excuse me, on the bench, sidelined with a knee injury. And C.J. Wilcher not, not necessarily producing as much as we're used to seeing in previous years from him. You're, you're concerned. But somehow, some way... Sparked by Kasey Tominaga, sparked by potentially the the the, the home crowd, mm-hmm. and especially Blaze Kada, who's finally healthy after that ankle injury. Sparked by the emergence of a of spark plug like uh, Sam Hoiberg as well. You're able to bring in, you're able to bring some of those guys in in dire and, and crucial situations. I, just a couple weeks ago, it was. I mean, if you would have told us that Sam Hoiberg intentionally be in the game with a minute 47 left in a one-possession ball game in the Big Ten Conference schedule, you're a little concerned. And that's nothing. That's no slight against Sam Hoiberg. That's just being being realistic. If you're looking, here, at, the, if you're you looking are, at the roster but, and, and you're looking at Sam Hoiberg to make the probably the defensive play of the game at the end of the game in overtime, you, you're probably not thinking that's going to happen. But here you are, and Nebraska is able to come back from 17 down against a above 500 team in Wisconsin and win a, and gut out a Big Ten conference game that once it hit about the 10-minute mark in the second half, it wasn't necessarily... You kind of, kind of felt the, the tide turning to where it was like, all right, Nebraska's going to win this game. And then once overtime mm-hmm. started, they just kept on pulling away, kept on pulling away, which is, once again, something we have not seen from teams do this well, year. you look at Nebraska down double digits against a team as, as defensively... As good defensively as Wisconsin is, if Nebraska, who struggles offensively from time to time, is down by double digits, you're not looking at this as as, as a comeback victory. You're looking at this as, okay, how how close is Nebraska going to get before they run out of gas Mm -hmm. because they're using all of their energy to come back. But Wisconsin, also offensively challenged from time to time, hit a cold streak at the perfect time that Nebraska hit themselves a hot streak. 100%. And it just it, it lined up perfectly for Nebraska to tie the game up, head to overtime. And as you said, 
finish out a game, which is something that they have struggled with for quite some time, not just this year, but years prior. Ending ending halves and ending games has been a struggle for Nebraska men's basketball for quite some time, mm-hmm. and they were able to put things together with a lineup that <laughs> – at the beginning of the season, if you would have told me this was the lineup, I would have looked at you sideways because I, there's no way that that should have happened. But you got two major injuries happening. You finally get Blaze Keita back from his high ankle sprain. Uh, speaking of high ankle sprains, but um, and he's able to give you some invaluable minutes. Maybe he's not scoring the ball at a high level, but the defense that he was able to to provide, the the rebounding he was able to give, and just the size mm-hmm. inside, altering shots, whether he's getting a hand on it or not, just the fact that he's in there and allowing Derek Walker to play probably a more natural four position for him was fantastic. The two big lineup that Fred Horbrick said that they were experimenting with um, before Blaze got injured and then after he came back and he was able to, to practice with them, uh, that might be the lineup going forward because it looked amazing. So looking forward for Husker men's basketball here, they travel to Rutgers tomorrow night and play, I believe, the, the 24th team in the country, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights at the Rack uh, at 7 p.m. That one's going to be on Big Ten Network. Then if you look ahead, so... Isn't it the Jersey Mike Center now? It could be. It's always it's going, still, it's always it's going still to be the, the rack. rack. It's always but. going to be the rack. Um, but either way, tough place to play out in Piscataway. But looking past Rutgers here, you have three home games. Maryland, Minnesota, and Michigan State. And looking at the days that those games are on are interesting to me because you wonder about crowd. You wonder about um, got people showing up. Maryland on a Sunday. Saturday, Minnesota on a Saturday. Michigan State on a Tuesday. Now, the two weekend games, mm-hmm. good crowds. I'm not gonna. Be, I'm not worried about that one bit. Michigan State, it's senior night. I think people show up for that as well. Is it? Is it gonna be have, late? It's 8 p.m. Oh, people show up because you have Sam Greasel, you have Derek Walker, two of your most important and fan favorites, mm-hmm. two of the nicest guys that you'll ever meet on the oh, court yeah. as well. Well, I don't honored. know. About, I don't know about on the court, but off the court, yeah. I don't know how so, nice they are on the court. So. And if we want to play hypothetical, if we want to play hypothetical. Well, that's always a fun game. They finish then out the season the following Sunday, March 5th, at Iowa. Now, if you want to play hypothetical here, Nebraska, if they go 3-2 and two in their final five games, mm-hmm. they will be 15-16 and 16 overall. They will be 9-11 and 11 in, in the conference. conference. In a Big Ten conference that is... I should say it's it's not top heavy this year. It's weird. It's inverted because you have a team like Northwestern at the top. You have, I mean, Purdue's used to being at the top, obviously, but they just got knocked off by Northwestern. Wisconsin is down near, near the, the bottom. No, Wisconsin is is one spot above having to play on Wednesday. Oh, so they are what is it eighth? Eighth? Yeah. Wisconsin's eighth. Nebraska is currently sitting in tenth place in the conference. Mm-hmm. And so they're like Minnesota once again and Ohio we, State are the bottom two. Yep, and then Penn State is one spot above Nebraska. You wonder. I, I don't know how other teams' schedules shake out, and we don't necessarily have time I mean, for that. But you wonder that if Nebraska is able to win just their three home games remaining against Maryland and Minnesota, those are the two more winnable games. Yeah, and then Michigan State. Mm. What can happen? But if you don't get that one, Iowa. You've already beaten Iowa. I know it's at Iowa. It's Iowa at Iowa. I know it's at Iowa. But, you know, things can happen. Now, if Nebraska's able to upset Rutgers tomorrow night, 
That's that's Things, a lot. Be, little little red's gonna be bouncing on his head. One hundred percent. And I, know, I I will be there for it. Like good teams struggle going to Rutgers. Even if Rutgers is yeah. a bad team, you go to Rutgers and there's some type of it's like Kinnick at night. Mm-hmm. There's a weird things happen in the rack. Yeah, just crazy stuff happens. So I don't know. Like that's just hypothetical to think about. What's what's your reaction? What's your um, takeaway from Nebraska if they're able to go three and two in these last five games? You sit there with a fifteen and sixteen. Uh, a record at the end of a regular season, mm-hmm. potentially playing on Wednesday, but you're the higher seed. Yeah. So it's either Nebraska's like the nine plays the 12, which would be Minnesota, or Nebraska's the 10 playing the 11, which would be Ohio State. How do you feel about those guys in the in day one of the Big Ten tournament mm-hmm. when you're supposed to be the better one? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just – and then you you throw in everything else that – you're in uh, first year of new assistant coaches, Adam Howard and um, Ernie Ziegler, and then you have you've been without two of your starters since that it was Penn State. So for the last two months of the season, you were without two of your starters. Mm-hmm. I guess, excuse me, month. Yeah, last month because uh, Emmanuel Bandamel would have no Emmanuel Bandamel got hurt at Penn State. Correct. Juwan got hurt. A game or two before that, home against Illinois. Yep. So, so Juwan Gary got hurt January tenth. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Bandamel got hurt eleven days later on January twenty first. So you've been without two of your starters since January twenty first, and you still figured out a way to compile a six or fifteen and sixteen record and a nine and eleven Big Ten record. I mean, with both of those two at the beginning of the season, we were saying around five hundred. Would would keep Fred his job more than likely, depending on how it looks. I don't know. I I, I, I think I, I think without two of your starters, getting to around five hundred is very impressive. Yeah. So uh, somebody on the text line says you're smoking crack. LOL. Are we? We're not smoking crack. We're just giving you the, hypothetical. The, the, the three home wins. It's pot. They're not. The, the, Maryland is a better team than Nebraska, but they're not a great team. I, I You've remember, already beaten Minnesota's not a better team than Nebraska. Michigan State, yeah, that one's a tall order, but it's senior night. It's a night. It's a night matchup inside PBA, which should be mm-hmm. rocking if Nebraska is able to take care of business leading up to that game. Um, and, and you have a chance to be at or around 500 still. Um, that place will be crazy. So, I mean, anything can happen, but we're not saying they are going to happen. Well, no, here's the thing. As I remember sitting there after that Purdue game on the road at Purdue. Mm-hmm. Ahead of the Ohio State game, and I said, "Guys, what if what if Nebraska is able to win the rest of their home games?" And, and and rightfully so, you guys probably called me crazy. But to this point, they beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They lost Northwestern, but that's not a that's not a that's not a knockoff win or loss. Like that's that's a that's, qual- a good, that's whatever. It's, it's not a good, good loss. Squad. It's a good Northwestern squad. And then they beat Penn State at home, and now beat Wisconsin at home. For the most part. Take away that Northwestern Illinois game, especially the Illinois game. Take away that one, and you could okay just for fun equal out the win against Iowa and the the loss against Northwestern because you beat Iowa by sixteen at home. You lose to Northwestern by fifteen at home. You have the Illinois loss, but then do you have another loss? You don't have another loss at, mm-hmm. at PBA. You you've lost two games at PBA all year against the top top of the league talent. And so now th- one middle or excuse me two middle of the road Big 10 teams and a potentially the worst Big 10 team in the conference come to come to town late in the season. I I, ju- I don't think it's out of the possibility. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. If if they win if they win two or three more, 
you sit there going, all right, Nebraska was two games or, or one or two games below 500 this season. How, how can we get pissed at that when you don't have two starters since January 21st? When Nebraska, nobody was picking Nebraska to be in the top four of the league this year. No. Nobody was picking, like nobody was. We were all saying, hey, just get get through day one of the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. We were saying it'd be great to have a first-round buy in the Big Ten get, tournament. Get to the NIT. And that's not even being fifth. That's being eighth or seventh. You know, very like so, middle of the pack. I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what people's thoughts are going to be. Um, and a basketball fan texts in and says, hey, guys, also look at who all could come back next year. It could be a good core of guys. Um, it, it's interesting. Kevin in Southwest Lincoln, if the Huskers win two more games, it'll be a miracle. They were very lucky against Wisconsin and have yet to do anything on the road in the Big Ten. And you're right, Kevin. I mean, you're That's right. why we were saying home 100% games, right. not on the road. Just need to win. If they win the final three road home games, then I'm not chalking it up as a success, but taking into account that they've been without two of their guards for um, about two months now. Mm-hmm. It'll be about a month and a half at the end of the year that they've been without two starters. All in Big Ten play. I don't know. 15-16 doesn't seem too too much of a uh, of a failure in my eyes in considering all things mm-hmm. let's take a break super bowl talk when we come back on the happy hour follow nick and enrique on twitter at nick underscore sainert and at radio rico ac more of happy hour is next on 93.7 the ticket and the ticket fm.com